can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we indeed thank you for the word of God. We know that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I pray by the Spirit of God that the singles that that are in this room and even those who are listening via podcast, that they will hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to them. I thank you that as the Word goes down deep, that it will get deposited into a heart that's ready to receive. And as I decrease now, I ask that you will increase. And Lord, as I step back, I ask for you to step forward. And I thank you for the anointing of God to communicate the oracles of God to your people in Jesus' name. Everybody say, Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. problem is some of y'all want it. Before I jump into my lesson, there are five rules for a player. There are five rules for a player. Here's rule number one. It's important to a player to have a woman who helps at home, who cooks, who cleans, and who has a job. Rule number two for a player is that it's important to a player to have a woman who will be loyal and never cheat on him. Number three, it's important to a player to have a woman who he can trust and doesn't lie to him. Number four, it's important to a player to have a woman who is good in bed and who likes to be intimate frequently. And then number five, it's very, very important to a player that these four women don't know each other. How many been played in this room? No, 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 no. <laughs> We've started a new series entitled Survivor. Everybody say Survivor. Survivor. And this series has a twofold purpose. It's to minister specifically to our married couples so that I can address in a marriage what would make it strong and healthy. And then the second purpose is to minister to our singles so that you all can know how to live a successful life as well as Prepare yourselves for any future marital relationships if you desire. So if you're visiting us right now, we're using four Sundays of this month to address the specific needs of these two groups, which means that at 9 o'clock 
That's our time for our married couples. And this particular service, which is 11 o'clock, is for our singles. So if you're single, this message is going to bless you. If you're married, you can just use the CD and give it to somebody else. Amen. So today's message title, if you're taking notes, is Stop Having Sex. Now just look at your neighbor and say, he talking to you. Now look at him again and say, but he talking to you too, though. (laughs) And the goal of today's message is to discover, first of all, the biblical purpose for sex. Then reveal how sex affects the life of singles. And then finally, I'm going to give you some practical steps on how to manage your sex life in a godly way. Can somebody say amen to that? So I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to look in verse 27. And uh, I believe that sex is one of the biggest challenges in the life of most, uh, most single people. Not all single people, but a lot of single people. And it's because I believe the devil knows that if he can get you involved sexually, it will detour your purpose, deteriorate the quality of your Christian life, dominate your soul in a negative way, and then eventually delay God's best for your life. I'm going to say that again. I believe one of the reasons why sex is a challenge to most single people is because the devil knows that if he can get you involved sexually, it's going to detour your purpose, deteriorate the quality of your Christian life, Dominate your soul in a negative way and then eventually, everybody say eventually, eventually delay God's best for your life. So what I'm going to do is I have three basic points this morning and the first point I'm just going to fly through because I really just need you to see the biblical purpose for sex. And the first point that I want you to write down is the purpose of sex. The purpose of sex. And the first purpose for sex is procreation. Everybody say procreation. And that's basically to have babies. It's basically for us to, to continue to multiply human, human mankind. And in Genesis 1, 27, I'm just going to read this one. You can uh, turn there if you want to. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So basically, he told Adam and Eve, who was husband and wife, that he wanted them to be fruitful and multiply. Everybody say procreation. Procreation. All right, so that's the first purpose of sex. The second purpose is for pleasure. And if you read Genesis 18, 11, it just talks about Sarah and how she described uh, Uh, her sexual life as one being of pleasure. And then in Proverbs 5, 15, I'm going to read it. It says, drink from your own well, my son. Be faithful and true to your wife. Why should you beget children with women of the street? Why share your children with those outside of your home? Be happy, yes, rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let her breast satisfy you. In other words, watch this now. If you notice the context of his description is toward a married person. Everybody say, you should be married. 
So the second purpose of sex is pleasure. The third purpose of sex is for prevention. And when you get married, you'll see this. And prevention basically is to keep uh, everybody in the relationship. In other words, if you're providing uh, sexual uh, intimacy to your, your married husband or wife, then it prevents them from having affairs and going out. It doesn't stop them, but it does prevent. But then the one I want to focus on for you all today is number four, and that is, watch this now, it provides physical oneness. Now, here's the thing. Go to Genesis chapter, chapter 2. Go to Genesis 2. Since we're in Genesis, go to Genesis chapter 2. And I'm going to look in verse 24. And it says here in verse 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall what class? Huh? Cleave to who? Now notice it didn't say cleave to his girlfriend. Cleave to his wife, and they, they who, the husband and the wife, shall be what? One flesh, and they were both naked, and the man and, the, and his wife were not ashamed. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Because I'm going to show you a principle here. Because sex was designed to provide physical oneness. So what happens if a person who's non-married begins to participate in sex. I'm going to show you what it does to a single person's life. See, most of you all, if you are engaging sexually, what you don't realize is it's in fact infecting more than just your physical life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15, he says, Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot or a prostitute? Or, you know, th th there's a ghetto word for that word. Y'all know what it is, right? Okay, good. He says, God forbid. What? Know you not that he which is what? Come on, class. He which is joined, that word joined is the same word cleave. He who is joined to a prostitute, read this with me, is one, one body. For two, says he, shall be, what's the next two words? One flesh. So watch this now. When a person has sexual intercourse, it makes them one flesh with the person that they have sexual intercourse with. Now, the problem with that is this. Go to Matthew chapter 19. Go to Matthew 19. Go to Matthew 19. While you're going to Matthew 19, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 6 in the NIV. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a the prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is, is, watch this, one with her in body? For it said, the two shall become one flesh. So when you do intercourse or have sex, it now takes two people and they are, they become one physically. Now, here, let me read Matthew 19 and then I'll show you the point that I want to make here. It says in verse, verse 5, And said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave, 
be joined to, and that word also means to be glued to his wife. And they too shall be what class? One flesh. Wherefore they are no more two, but one. So when you have sex with somebody, you physically become one with that person. Now, guess what? If, it, if it's in the context of marriage, it's great. But if it's not in the context of marriage, it's not great because there's a problem that comes along with it. Being one or joined or cleaved in the flesh with someone, it typically happens, watch this, when, when you have sex, watch this, and the average single person does not know that being intimate with somebody that way also can create a soul tie. Everybody say soul tie. So, here's the point number two that I want you to write down. The problem with premarital sex. The first one we talked about was the purpose of sex. Here's point number two. The problem with premarital sex. Because, see, it's happening every day. Some of you all are participating. But what you are not doing, what you're doing is calculating the physical repercussions, you know, physical repercussions like, you know, I might get pregnant or I might get a disease. And, you know, we've gotten smart these days. And so, you know, he said, well, I'm going to use contraceptives. And see, what you're failing to do is you're just measuring the physical part of having sex. You're not understanding what the spiritual part is. So go to go to first Peter chapter two, first Peter chapter two. What is the problem with premarital sex? First Peter chapter two. And then we're going to look at verse 11. He says, dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. What's the next word class? Huh? Can y'all read? Oh, y'all waiting for it to go up there. Uh, you should have your own Bible. I'm going to read that again because y'all messed me up. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. What's the next word? Come on, class. Come on, class. Abstain from what? Fleshly lust. And let me show you what fleshly lust does. It wars against. Come on, class. So watch this. Sex is a part of the flesh. And he's saying when you engage in sex, which is a fleshly act, it says here it will war against your what? It'll war against your soul. Now, I know the word soul tie is not in the Bible. We can't find soul tie in the Bible, but brain ain't in the Bible either, but we got one. An emotion, let me give you the definition of what a soul tie is and then I'm going to show it to you scripturally. Now you may not have, you know, room to write it down because I'm going to say it fast, but this is, this is one of those CDs, especially if you have been sexually active, you need to play this day and night. A soul tie is an emotional, soulish attachment that occurs by intense interaction between individuals, objects, or events, which creates a controlling influence that tends to dominate the mind, the will, the thoughts, and how a person feels. In other words, a soul tie is an emotional attachment. Everybody say emotional attachment. 
See, you're trying to figure out why you keep going back to Ray Ray. You go back to Ray Ray because there is a soulish attachment. And this soulish attachment creates, watch this now, controlling influence over you. And that's why you still do stuff you say you wouldn't do. It's a controlling influence, watch this, that tends to dominate your mind, your will, your thoughts and how you feel, which is basically your soul. Now watch this. Because God knew that sex outside of marriage could create soul ties, this is one of the main reasons he reserves sex for marriage. In other words, what I'm saying to you today is when a person engages into sex, God designed it that when you have sex with someone, the potential and the possibility of you obtaining a soul tie is very high. Now, you may not get a soul tie every time because you might have been too drunk to remember who you slept with. Come on now. Met that person for the first time, didn't know their address, didn't even know their name, didn't know nothing. You just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Well, those kind, and you full of booms, form, apple wine, ain't no soul tie there. You too drunk to know. But see, God knows that sexual interaction can create a soul tie. And here's the thing. If sex makes me one flesh with someone, then sex affects my soul. Now, your soul, I want you to write this down. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, your thoughts, and how you feel. Everybody say your mind, your will, your thoughts. And how you feel. Say it one more time. Say your mind, your will, your thoughts, and how you feel. That's your soul. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, your thoughts, and how you feel. And what happens is when you have sexual intercourse with someone, it is creating a soul tie. And a soul tie is going to affect your mind, your will, your thoughts, and how you feel. And that's why you paying his bills. Okay. When he said abstain from fleshly lust, the word abstain means to hold oneself off. When it says it wars against your soul, the word war means to fight and do battle. And the soul is the invisible part of you, watch this though, that controls and influences the physical part of you. I'm going to say that again. Your soul is the invisible part of you, but it controls and influences the physical part of you. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. And your mind is where you think or process. Watch this. Your will is where you make decisions. Your thoughts is where your intellect and where you reason and analyze from. And your feelings are basically your emotions. It's how you feel about what you've experienced. 
So when you have sex with somebody and you're not married and a soul tie develops, that soul tie is going to influence how you think, how you feel, how you are emotionally. And you wonder why you having all these nervous breakdowns and you having these crying episodes and, and you don't want to eat no more. And, 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 and we got to call 911 to make sure you don't kill yourself. Is because there's a soul tie. Now, let me just say this. There are good soul ties and there are bad soul ties. Uh, I'm going to read 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to show you a good soul tie. It says, that, and as David returned from the... Go, go ahead and turn there. 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. Go ahead and turn there. I'm going to show you a good soul tie. But then I'm going to show you now how soul ties, what different types, what happens, how do, how do you get them? It says in 1 Samuel 17, look at verse 57. And David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines. Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. In other words, he had killed Goliath. He brought Goliath's head before Saul. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I'm the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehem knight. Verse 18. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul. That the soul, the what class? The soul of who? No. The, come on, y'all reading? The soul of who? The soul of Jonathan. Now, Jonathan was the son of Saul. The soul of Jonathan was, what's the next word? Knit. It was knit with the what? soul of David, watch this now, and Jonathan loved him or David as his own soul. Now, there was nothing homophobic about that. They became good friends. And so there are different ways you can get soul ties. In this case, they just became great friends. But a soul tie or a soul was knitted. When you see the word knit, cleave, uh, join to, it's the same thing as, as soul tie. So here are some ways that you get soul ties. Here's number one. They all start with an L. Number one is loving somebody. When you love somebody, there's a possibility you're going to get a soul tie with them. Here's number two. When you like someone, you can get a soul tie from just liking somebody. Number three, when you living with somebody, you get a soul tie. That's why you shouldn't be shacking. You shouldn't be living with somebody before you get married to them. Well, I want to try it before I buy it. Well, you know what? You're going to end up with a soul tie. And what if you never buy it? What if he never gets on his knee and proposes to you? You know what's going to happen? You're going to be stuck with your feelings, your mind, your thoughts, and your will all messed up because you tried to skip the process. Living with someone. And that doesn't have to just be uh, in the, uh, the opposite sex. You, living with your parents, you develop a soul tie with your parents. Living with your, with your siblings. And so that's not a bad thing. Here's another one, another way of getting a soul tie. Lusting after somebody. Here's number five. Listening to somebody. That's why you be on the phone late at night. How you doing, girl? What you doing? What you got on? Oh, I ain't going to tell you, you know, you are, uh, no, uh, what you got on? And then all you got to do is say it right. What you doing? I'm at home. What you doing at home? What you got on? 
Let me ask you a question. What difference does it make? You can't see them over the phone anyway. Listening, this is why the movie Catfish exists now. These are people who have been emailing and talking to people over the phone. They fall in love with the person and have never met them. And then they find out who they was talking to ain't who they was talking to. Listening to someone will give you a soul tie. But here's the one I'm going to focus on as we just wind down the lesson. Uh, and I'm winding down, but I'm winding up at the same time. Here it is. Laying with someone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to repeat those again. Loving someone. Liking someone. Living with someone. Lusting after someone. Listening to someone. And here's the one we're going to talk about right now is laying with someone. So here's point number three. Or is it point number two? Yeah, point number three is the prevention of sex. See, you, you got to stop because it's messing you up. And I'll show you why. Before I jump into this, here's a take-home statement I want you to write down. Premarital sex is not God's best. Premarital sex is not God's best. And here's the thing. This is what most singles fail to do. God designed us to get a soul tie with him first. And the soul tie that I have with him will influence who I allow to get a soul tie with me later. See, the reason why you're still picking the wrong person is because your soul tie with God ain't strong enough. Remember now, you're a soul tie, it, it, it affects your mind, your will, your thoughts, and how you feel. So if my soul tie with God is not strong enough, then you know what's going to happen? The other soul ties that I have, guess what's going to happen? They're going to overrule my soul tie with God. Now go to the book of uh, Mark quickly. Go to the book of Mark. Man, I tell you what, man, this time is flying. Go to the book of Mark. Go to Mark chapter 12. Go to Mark chapter 12. Go to Mark chapter 12. If I can get a strong soul tie with God, then my future relationships will be monitored by that relationship. I'm going to say that again. If I get a strong soul tie with God, then my future relationships will be monitored by that soul tie that I have with God. Mark chapter 12, look in verse 30. This was Jesus talking. He says, and you shall love who? Come on, class. Love the Lord your God with some of your heart. How much? With all of your heart. And with all of your what, class? There it is right there. He's saying, listen, I need you to love God with all of your heart. Watch this now. With all of your what? Soul. With all of your what? Mind. And with all of your what? Strength. And this is what? The first commandment. He said, listen, I need you to have a soul tie with me first because if you have a soul tie with me first, then I will help control the rest of them. And he says, why are you doing that? That's the first commandment. But see, many of us, we didn't get to God fast enough. We had already started our sex rendezvous before we got to him. Come on now, most people now already had sex before they, they got to God. And if I asked for a show of hands, I'd probably have 90% of the people in here. 
And then, you know, I, I, I give hands to virgins. Everybody just clap for virgins. Yeah. Being a virgin ain't a bad thing. So watch this now. Me having a soul tie with God is what's going to now help monitor the rest of my life. And it will not only help me monitor my relationships, but it will influence my heart to obey. And see, this is the thing. Most, most, most singles, their, their, their soul is not tied to God. Remember now, your soul is how you think. That, why do you think about Tyrone more than you think about God? Why do you think about Amber more than you think about God? Let me tell you something. When you get married, God still needs to be first. God will, he refuses to be second. Amen. So here's the thing. You have people who've already had sex, already been involved. They've already had soul ties. Now, me just describing soul ties, how many of you know you've had some? Just raise your hand. If you've had some, yeah, yeah, soul ties. And, 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 and soul ties just pull you it pull on you that's why you know you cannot hear from him or her in six months and something in you just says just check on them so you know you you don't want to hear his voice because the voice remember listening to somebody is is how that that's so so you so we didn't develop texting now just thinking about you how you doing Well, I'm good. How you doing? And the next thing you know, we got four hours of texting. You know why? Because that soul tie is still inside pulling you. So I have a remedy today for any soul tie you've ever had that wasn't God. How many would like to know what it is? Amen. Now, now. Here's the question, because the name of the subject is, is, is stop having sex. So here's my question. How do you stop having sex? Well, no, it can't be that easy because y'all have done it by now. <laughs> it, it's not that easy. We know the answer, but it ain't that easy. So how do you stop having sex? Here's the first thing you got to do, especially if you have those soul ties. You got to repent. And say, Lord, you know what? I let this person in the space of where you should have been. I allowed this person to infect my soul more than I did you. So, Lord, forgive me for that. Forgive me for engaging in such a physical activity because that physical part made me one with that person. And I shouldn't have done that. So, Lord, forgive me because that's the first thing. Repentance is just saying, God, I'm turning my back on that. Here's the second thing. Then you got to represent after that. He said, well, represent Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. After you repent, you now have to present yourself to God and give him your body. Now, don't ask him to take away the sex feeling. Because what you're going to do when you get married? You're going to be like, where did it go? 
Well, you asked them to not give it to you, so I took it away. Don't no, 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 no. It, it's normal. It's normal. But what's not normal is when you do it outside of the marriage context. So the second thing you got to do is you got to represent. You got to present your body as a living sacrifice. Here's number three. Then after that, you have to renew your mind. Romans 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, watch this, by the renewing of your what? Mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So after you have repented to God, after you presented your body as a living sacrifice, then you're going to start renewing your mind. You're going to listen to the word. You're going to listen. This kind of CD, you got to play it over and over, over and over, over and over, over and over. That's why you know all those songs. Because you've listened to them over and over and over again. Well, you got to get this word inside because, see, what you don't know, you can't control yourself. I didn't get an amen on that one, but that's all right. In Psalm 19.7, as I'm closing, it said, The law of the Lord or the word of the Lord is perfect and it converts the soul. When you begin to renew your mind with the word, the word has enough power to convert your soul from who, who you gave it to back over to who should have it. And I'm going to tell you something. It's possible to do. And you can see that person. And you know how those feelings you get like those little stomach feelings like, ooh, there he is. You know those feelings? You won't even have them. After you renew your mind, then watch this. You have to remove yourself from now influences. Because see, most people who have sex, their friends are having sex. Ephesians 5.11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Be not deceived, evil communications or companionships corrupts good manners. In other words, you're going to have to remove from your circle and remove from your life people who are influencing you to do what they're doing. Do you know it's not popular to live for God today? It's not popular to be a virgin. It's not popular to uh, abstain. But, but when your mind is caught up like that, guess what? God can't bring the right person because... All of the issues that you had with the person you gave your soul to, you ain't got over yet. So you're going to treat the person he does bring to you wrong and bad because you haven't got over Jojo or Lucy. Are y'all with me? So you got to remove yourself. So you know what? There are some people, let me tell you what happened to me. I ain't lying. This is a true story. When I went to college, I used to, uh, when I first went to college, it was in a school in, in uh, Hawkins, Texas called Jarvis Christian College. Hey, but you know, I wasn't a Christian. They gave me a, a scholarship. I took it. So I never forget a, a friend of mine. Uh, actually, she used to sing with Kirk Franklin's first original group, the family. And uh, she had this cousin. She's like, "Ooh, Evan, you, you love my cousin. She's a great person and all this kind of stuff, you know. And uh, uh, I never forget, you know, we used to go to the mall and uh, we would take phone numbers and stuff at the mall. That's all we did. So. This is back, everybody say back in the day. Yeah, this is like 
you know, 20 some, no, 30 some years ago now. So I'll never forget, I'm at the mall and I'm looking for people to get numbers from. And I see this girl. I was like, ooh, I like that girl. So I followed her to the ladies' restroom. And I just waited outside till she came out. I can't go in. So she comes out and I approach her. And it just so happens that this girl is the same girl that my friend in college, it was her cousin. And I'm thinking, wow, God does work in mysterious ways. I didn't even know God. And I'll never forget. You know, we messed up. Y'all know what that means, right? How many know what that means? Let me see your hand. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget. When I got saved, I quit her. Immediately. I had a meeting. I went to go see her. I said, look, hey, uh, check this out. I can't be with you no more. She was like, why? I said, because you wouldn't make me do stuff I don't supposed to do. And, I, and, and I'm saved now. And so she said, you know, I'm saved too. I'm like, you saved and you're doing that? I wasn't even saved. And I, you know, so I'm thinking, but, 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 but I had to remove myself. And some of you all need to go home and delete some phone numbers. Yeah, you need to go and unfriend some people that's on Facebook. Some of you all need to send a text message because you're not strong enough to talk to them. And say, uh, hey, hey, uh, Mary, I know we've been kicking it. And honestly, I've really been enjoying myself. But you know, I'm saved and I'm not supposed to be doing this kind of stuff. And so, uh, as of today... When you receive this text message, please don't call me no more. See, some of y'all going, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. Yes, you can. After you remove yourself from, see, because sometimes they're not going to remove themselves from you, so you got to remove yourself from them. After that, you have to now reach out for some accountability. All these start with R's. Find somebody who is probably married or another single person who is living a holy life and let them know, look, I've been slipping and sliding. And so I need you to hold me accountable. And so once a week, look, don't wait for them to call you. You're the one that needs the accountability. You need to call them and say, I just wanted to check in with you and let you know ain't nothing happening this week. Are y'all with me? After you get or, you know, you reach out for accountability, here's the last scripture. Go to 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Look at verse 8. This is the best remedy for, for having sex as a single. This is the best one I tell you. If you do this one, I promise you, you will never have sex until you get married. Y'all ready for it? 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at now verse 18. What's the first word in that verse? Come on, class. Come on, class. Flee. What does flee mean? Run. Run, Forrest, run! 
says, flee fornication. Run. You can't handle it. I don't care. You say, well, see, first of all, you shouldn't really let yourself get that. Because you don't just up and be in the bed with somebody. No, no, you got to be doing something. Hello. It takes some conversation, some information, maybe some sexting. Oh, so y'all think I'm dumb, right? Y'all really think, I know I'm 48, but I'm not that dumb. How many know what sexting is? Yeah, uh-huh. How many? No, no, I ain't going to answer that. He says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man does without, is without his body, but he that commit fornication sin against his own body. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost that's in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with the price. Therefore, watch this now, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And the reason why you want to rid yourself of having sex as a single because you don't want to soul tie yourself with nobody that's not part of your godly path. You don't need that. I mean, there's already enough confusion in the world. And this is why a lot of you all are picking the same type of people. Because it's the soul tie from the first one. That's okay, I'm going to pray, we're going to pray in a minute. But the soul tie from the first one is still driving you. And that's why if you notice the, the same kind of guys, ain't got no job, ain't got no car, ain't got no checking account. You, you know, she, she, for some reason, she's got all these nice clothes, but she ain't got a job. That's a sign, brother. There's a reason. It's because that pool is there. So what you got to do as... A believer is when it's offered. Let me show you what to do. Hey, how you doing? You want my... Now, this is what happens with me sometimes. Oh, yeah. Don't think that people don't... I'm a good-looking dude now. Don't think people don't give me opportunities. But see, I can teach this because none of y'all ain't seen my draws. Y'all missed that, didn't you? Yeah, I ain't slept with nobody in this room. And I ain't slept with nobody outside of this room since I've been married. Let me put that in there. <laughs> Except for my wife. But if somebody offer me something, this is what I do. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. You married? Yeah, I am. Some of them don't even care. They said, well, you still fine. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Man, you got to run. I pray, I pray in Jesus' name that if you are close to doing it, before you get in the bed, you see. I 
I hope I'm running through your mind. All of a sudden, you're going to be dizzy. Like, they're going to be like, what's wrong with you? Oh, my pastor's in my mind. He is running. He is running. Get out of my mind, pastor. Get out of my mind. Uh-uh. You got to run, man. And ladies, let me give you a secret. Next week, I'm talking about uh, dating. Check this out. He can't get none if you don't give him none. Men, if she offer you some, you don't have to take it. Be a man of God. And just look at him and say, you know what, baby? I love God too much and you too much. So, you know, keep that to yourself. And if we end up getting married, maybe I'll be able to open the present one day. But for right now... Say you gotta run. You you can't wait till you in the bed. You gotta run. I don't care if you have no clothes on. Run. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Oh Jesus.